Welcome to the UK Fantasy NFL Show. I'm your league champion, Alan Best. Here are two other league members, Sam Best and Alex Deakin. How are we going, boys? Yeah, good, thanks. Bit of a shambles organising this week, isn't it, Adam? I may or may not be packing up my whole flat, but <laughs> we'll go. if you hear any rattling from coat hangers, it might be me. <sighs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm good, but a bit of a mess, but hey-ho, we'll get on with it. <laughs> it's all fun and games. First things first, the news. Um, Aaron Rodgers is finally back. Let's not spend too much time talking about him because I'm pretty sure most of our... We've probably spent about an hour a few minutes of talking about Aaron Rodgers. But he's back and he had a very, very nasty press conference. Yeah, basically, he just wanted attention, didn't he? What a word. Yeah, I, it makes you wonder what's going on and whether it's deeper and whether there's more to the story than just him kind of feeling like he wants to move on or that he's being disrespected. Maybe the Packers haven't handled it that well, but I also, I'm never a fan of these kind of things. I don't like it when players come out and behave in that way because I think at the end of the day, you're under contract, you're being paid a lot of money to do a job. I don't think you should sort of rail on things in that way. Yeah, childish, isn't it really? Yeah. But yeah, as you say, we've spoken about him a lot. Whatever whatever his motivations are, fine, you're staying. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he made he made some good points. He basically came out and just absolutely tore to shreds the whole Packers organization, knowing they really couldn't do anything about it because who's going to turn down Aaron Rodgers for the season? Um, yeah, I haven't actually listened to this. Um, this so do you want to just br- brief me? But, I mean, basically, he said I haven't been involved enough in the decisions. I haven't been involved enough even in like things like play calling or anything. Um, and you know, you released he like listed off people who they released who they shouldn't have released, including Randall Cobb, who is now back. Um, and just slate them for a good half an hour. I, if, if anyone's listening, give it a watch on YouTube. It is one of the most honest and brutal press conferences I've seen from any player in any sport. So he completely taught them to shreds. But I'll be giving that a listen. A lot of fans, I assume Packers fans, came out very angry about it. And he just came, defended himself and just took over the whole press conference. Mm. Fair enough. Um, some fantasy relevant news, actually, in the last week. Saquon Barkley looks like he isn't going to be ready until week three. Which makes me think, you know, he was out for a big part of last season. He's had the whole off season to recover, and he still hasn't. Makes you worry about him for fantasy. Yeah, I think people in your position, I know we spoke about it off podcast. I think people in your position in their drafts, anyone who's got the fifth pick right now in your draft, I would be very much on edge thinking about what I would do. Because I think a lot of people would have defaulted to Barkley, maybe Chubb, but I think there'll be a lot of fifth and sixth pickers. The fifth pickers going right, it's either Barkley or Chubb. Sixth pickers going, whoever's left. And that was that done. You didn't really have to think otherwise. So I think now, if you're the fifth pick and Barkley's off the table, you've got two choices. You default to Chubb, do the boring thing, or you look elsewhere, maybe a wide receiver. Maybe there's another back you prefer to push up a little, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Austin Eckler, maybe one of them. I think it kind of opens the door up in a fantasy context, actually quite interesting. And then also on the flip side, where do you pick Barkley? Who picks Barkley in the end? If you're 12th pick like me and Barkley's still on the board, do you go for him or do you leave him be? 10, I knew we only got 10 in our league, didn't we? 10, not 12. Sorry. Oh, thank God. I was like, I thought I'd set up a 10 man league, but then we've got 12 people in it. So if you're 10th <laughs> pick and he's still there, do you take him or. Maybe not. I don't know. It's it's a tough call. Yes. It opens it up. Well, obviously, but I think it <laughs> opens the board up. Like I said, for anyone who's fifth and sixth. Definitely. The, the latter half of that first round becomes 
in more complex and way more interesting, which is why I am sat happy at number one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it definitely yeah, actually... makes for interesting reading. Yeah, I mean, it, you, it's interesting that you mentioned that, it, that it's me at pick five. And, you know, I had had him solidly in there at five. And I think he definitely slips down now because, you know, you almost think this this injury is, you know, all right, he comes back a week free, but is he back at 100% a week free? Or, you know, it's the Giants, so they're going to push him through no matter what. And actually... Players for any team in the whole NFL, I think he is essential for the Colts and the way they play and the way they set up. And I think it maybe does shake Jonathan Taylor up a little bit because he is so good. He is so, so good. And I think he, he is the... Uh, obviously, the Colts have a good O-line, but he is the forefront of that, and he carries that O-line to elite-level status. And I think without him, maybe they're lacking lacking that extra thing in front of Jonathan Taylor, who will need a good O-line in this big second year. So I, I wonder if that does push push Jonathan Taylor down a bit. It definitely does knock him. I don't know if it hits him as far down as maybe even a couple of places because his ability is there for all to see. But it's definitely going to... But the the fact that I think the fact that for Jonathan Taylor alone, the fact that Wentz is out and Nelson are out level each other off because he's going to get more of the ball, but he's going to get less far with it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they will level themselves out for Jonathan Taylor. I'm not too worried for Jonathan Taylor, um, but Saquon, yeah. I think, yeah, if he goes, if he drops to ten, you pick him up definitely. But he oh, could yeah. drop to ten feasibly. I think I think with both of these guys, it's. Yeah. It's almost a matter of you were nervous about them anyway, and then this news comes out, and you're all everyone's just a bit like, oh, it's a bit more of a risk, and that that risk element is really building with both of these players. I mean, you're all, I'm, certainly me. I was almost thinking of excuses why I wouldn't pick Barkley because of the injury problems he's had, and now I've got that, yeah. reason, and I was thinking of reasons why I wouldn't pick Jonathan Taylor because he's only been productive in you know seven odd games, and then I get this news, and I'm like, oh, I'm not picking Jonathan Taylor. And I think, yeah. you know, I don't I don't see these players slipping down very far because eventually someone will take that risk. But it definitely does impact, certainly, their draft position. Yeah, look, three games is almost 20% of the season. 17-game season, three games is what? 17, 18%, something like that. It's a decent whack. That's almost a fifth of the season mm. that you're, you're missing that first-round guy who's supposed to win you two or three games alone by himself in a season. So... I would argue, I'd argue Barkley could easily outperform the likes of, you know, Sanders, Gibson, those people we're putting in around 11 and 12. He, oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to outperform them. And I think it creates an issue. I think for someone like Adam, Nick Chubb suddenly becomes a, you know, not close your eyes and pick Nick Chubb, in my opinion. Whereas I think with Barkley for people, you've got to draw that line of where do you, who do you believe that Barkley can outperform in 15 games or 14 games compared to them playing 17 we give and take an injury I think it's a tough call for a lot of people I think for someone like me in 10th pick if he's there brilliant if he's not maybe that's all right yeah that's the thing with them head-to-head league like they are in American fantasy leagues it's three games as opposed to 20% to be fair Mm -hmm. it's like it's not like Oh, he's going to outperform over the season. It doesn't matter. In the first three games, you lose because you're not you're missing a running back. It doesn't matter if he's going to outperform the rest of the season because that's three games gone. You started off with zero yeah. and three um, when you could have potentially not. I mean, that's an extreme case, but you get what I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting point, and it definitely um, mixes up that latter half of the first round. 
it's going to be interesting to see, especially with our, with our, with our league. Might be a bit rogue. Definitely, definitely switches things up a lot. And actually, we're going to talk about someone today who I think may be a solution to that to that fifth, sixth pick when people are worried about Barkley or Taylor. And that's, um, that's one of the tight ends. So for today, we've got Sam picking the QBs and tight ends for today. Uh, I think we're going through 10, are we, Sam? Yeah, we are. 10 of each. We'll, yes. fly, we'll fly through them. <laughs> fly through if I get on one packing. Um, we've got 10 QBs, 10 tight ends to go with. Uh, again, that was me and Alex to try and convince Sam to move those players up or down. Um, where should we go first, Sam? Tight ends or QBs? Tight ends, I think. Uh, maybe less influential players, apart from maybe the top three. Uh, so let's let's crack on with them, and then we can talk about the, t- the, the give the QBs a bit more time at the end. All right. Nice one. At number ten, I've got Robert Tonyan, and at number nine, I've got Noah Fant. So I'll just introduce both those guys. Robert Tonyan, massively impressed. He's got the skill. He's got the ability to be way up this list, <clears throat> but he just doesn't get enough of the ball to be a top five tight end. Um, so that's why he's dropped down to 10. I do think he sits above Gronkowski, who is sat in my 11 position, just because Gronkowski is getting old and he just loves blocking and hitting people. So, you know, if he's there to hit people and we'll catch the the odd tight, the odd um, touchdown off Brady, then fab, but I don't think it's as reliable. So yeah, Robert Tonyan, massive ability, maybe won't see the ball as much. And then Noah Fant, who... Everyone knows his ability. I think he was somewhat overhyped last year. I think he was picked as maybe fifth tight end. Um, and he was well up there. Not sure he lived up to that. Still well hyped up this year. He's definitely got the skill. Is he a massive player? No, not really. They're my nine or ten. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think it's tough. I think, to be honest, nine and ten, if you look at your list, it's kind of a bit of a drop-off. These are kind of meh. If they didn't even go as tight end ones in your league, you're not going to go, whoa, they've not gone. Like You're just going to be like, oh, okay. They could even sit on the waivers of some leagues. I wouldn't be surprised. In the smaller leagues, like the eight-man, even the ten-man leagues, they could easily both sit on the waivers. If yeah. not, if people aren't picking up two tight ends, I won't be picking up two tight ends. Probably not. I won't be. And lots of people don't. No fan, I like him. He started off the season really well. I was kind of just looking into some of the numbers, he started off with a 19 and a 17 pointer to open the league against uh, the Titans and the Steelers, two kind of tougher teams to play. He showed that he had ability. He did miss a game. And then he just was kind of consistent, bit up and down, sort of nine pointers. And then he closed the season off with a 20 pointer, 12 and an eight pointer. Yeah, he showed that he has ability. But I think the problem is when you're looking at tight ends at this level, you're picking them, you're playing them every week, and you're just sort of hoping that you get more of the 20 pointers than you do of the two pointers, and that's it, really. I don't think there's much to say on either. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that Robert Tonyan was on our waivers when he hit that 35-pointer uh, in week eight, I believe. I might be wrong on that. Uh, so, you know, they they both have serious ability. When you're looking down the bottom of this list, it's not about ability because they all, they all have it. It's about how much they're getting the ball offensively as mm-hmm. opposed to blocking. So... Yeah. The only thing on Fant is I don't think he has as good receivers around him as... Oh, well, he obviously doesn't have as good receivers around him as Tonyan, so maybe he gets a little bit more action. Actually, he may be... Uh, Jerry Judy's quite good, but he may be one of the better patch, pass catchers in Denver, probably. I don't know. There's not much in it, really. Portland's certain, isn't there? But yeah. Yeah, so not really much in it. I think there's, there's question marks over the Broncos in general, but if Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson's playing there, maybe you know, Fant's uh, an OK little pick. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it, again, you know, there's not a lot to say for comparing the two players themselves. I think I think there's a lot to say for where you pick tight ends in that it's very tricky. And same with QBs as well, actually, in that you've probably got a massive drop off and are you reaching or are you just picking up the dregs at the end? Um, and I think two of these guys are really the dregs and, you, you know, you can put them together with Gronkowski and some other players as well. Noah Fant, for me, I think should be ahead, um, ahead of Tonyan, which I think he is. So that's fine. He, he, Noah Fant, for me, I think just has that little bit more of an upside with him being so young and coming into his second year this year. And for me, he strikes me as more of a player who's in the scheme, whereas I think Tonyan is used as opposed, yeah. Depending on the defense that they're playing, I think Tonyan will be used. Yeah, it's, it's, he has the skill rather than an overall scheme, which I think maybe suits Noah Fant more. But yeah, I'd have Noah Fant slightly higher up than um, than Tonyan, and yeah, happy with that. Who you got next? Yeah, so next is Kyle Pitts. Um, so massive game, like mass, massive player, massive player, clear ability. Lots of hype. Does this sound like Noah Fant yet? That's why he's that's why he's so high up the list. Because there was a lot of talk about Noah Fant before we went in. There was a lot of talk. Now, Carl Pitts was picked ahead of Noah Fant by a considerable margin. But the talk was similar. I can't remember. I'll tell you what, Adam, I will I'll check that out. Why didn't you two discuss Noah Fant or Carl Pitts? And I will find out. The thing I have with Carl Pitts that I was looking at is... Think about the Falcons' tight end last year. Hayden Hurst, he's okay. He's a decent enough tight end. He's nothing incredible. He managed to get just 0.2 points less than Gronkowski and Fant, who finished on the same amount of points last season. And there was a bit of a mess in Atlanta with Julio playing some games and Ridley kind of breaking out. Are you telling me that Kyle Pitts isn't leaps and bounds ability-wise above Hayden Hurst as a pass catcher and as a pass catching tight end? I think if you give Kyle Pitts the opportunities Hayden Hurst had, he could be up towards 200 points. So I, he's clear of Nerf Fan for me, and I, I would push him up slightly higher in the list. But we can get onto that. Yeah, I think I would have him have him clear there. Yeah. So I've just found out, and Kyle Pitts was drafted in the fourth overall pick. So you know, big player. <laughs> big player um Noah Fant drafted 20th overall so also you think tight end drafted 20th overall you're thinking he's a he can play mm. now yeah now I when you put into the fact that Noah Fant's in his second year he's had a year in the league Kyle Pitts has just come out of college he's still young I do think that it and I've put Kyle Pitts ahead of him I do think Kyle Pitts will outperform him but I think it's closer than you guys do mm. he, the thing is like I, I get this whole hype worry with Carl Pitts in that oh, everyone's really, really excited about him. Like He might not meet up to expectation. You don't pick a guy at fourth pick and then get rid of Julio Jones if you're not confident in his ability to get receptions and get you yards. I think he's, he's the, for me, my big point with Carl Pitts is, yes, it's a risk, but when you're talking about tight ends, how many are sat on the waiver that are just as good as, you know, we're in a 10-man league, Anyone from 11 to 15 are going to be probably sat on waivers because not many people are going to have a backup tight end. If you take a risk on Kyle Pitts, then just pick one of them up because they're not that different to anyone from 8 to 10. And Kyle Pitts is the only guy on this list can compete with Waller, Kittle and Kelsey. I don't think anyone can get anywhere near those numbers, but with Pitts, we know he's amazing. 
in the passing game. We know he's yeah. going to get receptions and can get yards. Yes, there's a risk that he might not do it in the NFL, but if he does, then he's up to those numbers, which I think then automatically just puts him above everyone else because there's not that much risk because you can always pick someone up off the waivers. And if you get that reward, then you're you know drafting him in round seven or eight and you've got a waller. Yeah, I think there's a couple others in this list that are clear of Kyle Pitts, but I do agree with what you're saying. I do think that he is one of those players, and I think it's one of those positions where you can take your risk. And like you said, if Kyle Pitts pops off, haha, you're laughing. You've got a, you you just picked up, uh, I don't know. Let's, I, I won't want to. I don't think he's Waller, Kelsey, Kittle level, but Andrews, Hawkinson is is the area I'd probably put him in. But you've got one of them in the sixth round or the seventh round. Yeah, and you're laughing. You're laughing. So I think the risk is worth it, but I do think that the question marks... I can see why Sam has put him where he's put him, but I'd move him up ever so slightly more. I guess, yeah. I get it. Okay, so, okay, all right. We're fine with him above Fant, though, yeah? We'll Mm -hmm. move on, and then we can keep talking about him as we go up the list. Next is Mike Gasicki, a guy that I really love. Like, towards the end of last season, he was making catches that I've not seen receivers make. It was unreal. Some his hands are insanely good. And he's, it he's basically a receiver on that roster, on that roster who blocks occasionally as well. Like he Mm. is in there all the time. He doesn't see the ball massively. Um, he's in there basically as a slot receiver. Um, but he doesn't see the ball massively. I think his hands are incredible. I think he's really good. I just think that the only downside, and I think this is why you're going to put Pitts ahead of him, and I wouldn't be massively angry with that, is the fact that that system, that offense, is a bit wibbly-wobbly at the minute. Uh, I agree with you. I think the problem in Miami is that there are so many options now. There are just... There's Fuller, Devonta Parker, and Gesicki, and they've got a newish QB... And they've got running backs coming out of their ears. I think that you're taking a bit of a risk on Gesicki. And I don't know if the upside is quite what Kyle Pitts has. However, Gesicki, I did was looking at last year's stats. He did have three 20-point-plus games. Yeah, towards the end. I had him in my roster. Yeah, which That's is why I love him so much. Impressive. I think ability-wise, he's right up there. Like we always say every week, if we were doing a list on ability, it would be different. And I think ability-wise, he's probably up there with the likes of Hawkinson and Andrews for ability wise, he's a great tight end, but I think I would put Pitts above him ever so marginally. I think if you've got both of them in front of you, do you take the rookie who could pop off and have the season of his life? Or do you take the guy with safe hands who should get good targets, but probably won't get loads and loads. I think I'd just take Pitts, but only marginally. Yeah. I think if anyone's listening to this and wants to get to know Gasicki, just look at, just look at his best catches from last year. There were three in the final few games that made me like, I looked at the screen, saw the pass, thought that's gone, looked away and then looked back and he caught it. And the replay showed me how one insane catch it was. So definitely worth a look. Um, Adam, what do you think? I think Pitts is above him quite, by quite a long way. Simply because, yeah, Gasicki, you know, he impressed last year and he suddenly became fantasy relevant and that was all nice and exciting. But he's meh. He's like, you know, all right, fine. You might get a couple of 20-pointers out of him, but there's no way he's going to end up being in the top five tight ends. There's just no way. And especially there's also added risk with the um, with the receiver situation and uh, the Dolphins and the QB situation. Like, you've not got a convincing QB there and you've recruited loads of receivers. 
you know, people like Jalen Waddle and and um, Will Fuller, they're going to get targets, aren't they? I mean, and then you've got people like Devontae Parker there as well. So I just think he's going to get drowned out a little bit. And when you compare him to Pitt, they're miles apart. I'd put Pitt by them. All right. Yeah, don't hate that. I, I starred Gasicki because I think I rank him higher than he's deserved to have ranked. I've starred a couple of players mm. on this list. So that's completely fine. I think we pick up the pace now just a little bit and then we'll get on to QB, shall we? Mm-hmm. So, Hawkinson next. Kyle Pitts or TJ Hawkinson? TJ Hawkinson. I yeah. I actually think TJ Hawkinson could be the... For me, he's the one to break into that group of three this year. And the reason is, if you look at... Just look at the Detroit Lions depth chart and laugh because it's hilariously bad at receiver. They've just lost Kenny Galladay, who was their out-and-out first poor call. They've now got um, who did they get in? Oh, they got in per- uh, Brashad Perriman from yeah. the Jets, and then beyond that, their names I have never heard of. I think he is going to be one of the first ports of call for Matt Stafford next year to throw the ball. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he could be like a Mark Andrews type. Like when Jackson looks up and he sees those receivers and he thinks, no, I'm going to throw it to Mark Andrews. I think that TJ Hawkinson is going to have a similar season. I think he is clear of Kyle Pitts. I think there is a jump here. And I probably maybe push Hawkinson up ever so slightly more. I really like him. And he also caught a, was it a fourth down? Like right at the right at the death last season, he caught a catch for me to win a game in, in our league. I can't remember who they were playing, but it was right at the end. And I, th- I think it was... Danny, who I beat, so that's even better. Lovely. But yeah, yeah no, I, I rate him. I think he's a, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's a, got a great pair of hands. I think he moves well. He's really strong. And I think he's going to be target number one in, in Detroit. Yeah, here is where I've drawn a line. And this is where I say there's a leap here. And that's TJ Hawkinson. Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's a line, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you saying that TJ Hawkinson's there. Um, Matt Stafford isn't throwing to him because he's uh, with the Rams. Um, no, not Matt Stafford. You know, I mean, other yeah, one. The Rams Gar- one. Gar- 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 Goff's the Rams that. one. They're, they're the That's same person in my head now. <laughs> so, I mean, you do look at that receiving group and, you know, he is well up there. Uh, you know, second, if not first, really, on when you expect to get targets. And their running game isn't incredible. You'd expect Swift to get a couple more snaps this year. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with TJ above him. But TJ's always been in and amongst it as a top-quality tight end. Um, Pitts has that X factor that I don't think TJ has. But, yeah, I agree. I, I, I do think probably Lions are a little bit pathetic this year. But, okay, fine. Yeah. I, I can agree with the point that receivers are, receivers are poor down there. All right, next, Dallas Goddard, bit rogue. Um, I think Zach Ertz isn't in the question this year. He showed himself right from rookie season. If you watch the Philadelphia Eagles all or nothing, he um, he's a top bloke. <laughs> he's a right laugh. And um, he can really catch a ball, and he's part of that system. That's something that I really like about him. He's grown with that system. He's always been a part of that system, and they're shit. So if he's part of the system and they're shit, you know he's going to get targets. The, the the perfect equation for fantasy success. Exactly. Reasonably good tight end, and the team is shit. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly. Or or a good slot receiver, and the team is shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're a little bit. You know, everyone's sort of forgotten about Zach Ertz because he 
was a bit crap last year. Yeah, Goddard, I, I'm not convinced. I'd have both TJ and Pitts above Goddard, personally. But, yeah, Goddard, for me, I just there's big question marks, big, big question marks over the throwing game um, in Philly. And he definitely comes into that. And then there's further question marks whether you know, they're going to throw the ball to him. I, I wouldn't have him as high as you've had him. I'd put TJ and, and Kyle above him. So, yeah, yeah move, yeah. move TJ. I, I, yeah, I mean, there are questions about him. I don't think there are questions about them throwing to him. I think he will get targets. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Alex? I agree with Adam. I'd have both Pitts and TJ. But, however, I can – I can't I, – TJ for me is out and out better in a fantasy context. Pitts, I can see the debate. I think Goddard's in a similar position to TJ in the sense of, um, you know, new, new-ish QB, Jalen Hurts. I think, like we've mentioned in previous pods, we all think he's probably going to have a really big breakout season. He's obviously talented. He's got great feet. Problem is, I think that actually the big weapon in the in the Eagles' arsenal is less to do with looking up and throwing the ball and more to do with you've now got a good rushing QB with a good pair of feet on him who's going to do... I think he's got sort of Kyler Murray-esque vibes. You know, I don't think he's on the level of, like, Russ and um, Lamar in the sense of moving his feet, but I think he will. I think that'll be a big option, and I feel like he could... Goddard could be a tight end that's used and could have a consistent sort of 10, 15 points a week. But I just, no, nah, I think TJ's, TJ's better. And right, I think I, the Lions are better than the Eagles, but only marginally. All right. I don't hate, I don't hate that. Um, so I had him as my second star player who I think I value higher than average. So I'm happy to move him down two and jump up TJ and carpets. If you guys are. Mm-hmm, yeah. Lovely stuff. All right. The next bloke, I think there's another jump here. A jump, a man in a league of his own, because then there's a massive jump. <laughs> Mark Andrews. What do we think? I would say, going on a limb here, I've probably said this about someone else. I'd say he could be one of the biggest steals in the entire draft for people. Maybe not. Obviously, it's draft specific. You might have someone in your league who loves him and picks him really early. But I think overall, he could be a massive steal because I think everyone's hyped on Waller, Kitlin, Kelsey, and I think he is really good. And I think. If you're talking about we talked we talked about wide receiver and QB sort of when they link up they can do magical things. Lamar and Andrews have that relationship. When Lamar looks up he sees Andrews and Andrews gets the ball, and it's no coincidence that when Lamar did bad, Andrews did bad. I had him in my team all season last year. First half was it was all okay. It wasn't horrid. And then second half, bang, he went. You know, Lamar picked up. He picked up. And I think if we think Lamar will have a good season, which I think on your list you do, then I think Andrews has a good season. And I think he's clear, like you, I'm with it, a jump. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think he's part of a top four and not part of a top three. I don't think he's that far behind George Kittle, who's. I would say is mine. We'll get onto that. Is my number three. I don't think he's that far behind him actually. Um, obviously, Kelsey's in a league of his own, but yeah, no, I really like Mark Andrews. Great pair of hands, and he's going to be targeted. Nice, Adam. You're happy for Mark Andrews to jump above um, TJ Hawkinson? I'm not happy. To happen. I'm, no. No, I, I, it's a bit of an unpopular opinion, I think, with me and Mark Andrews, because he's very much seen as the number four, like guaranteed to be the number four behind those insane top three. But I just think he's he's being set up to be disappointing 
this year. Here we are. Fantasy, play- Fantasy players listening to this pod. Basically, I'm pretty sure that Adam's been done by Mark Andrews. One week he's been playing someone, and Mark Andrews has absolutely rinsed him. I think that's what's going did, on here. Did I rinse you with Mark Andrews last year? I can't remember. I had Mark Andrews in in um, the year before last. Oh, he had Mark Andrews. He was okay, but he was just disappointing. And I think when they've now, they've now got um, Elijah Moore, who's been drafted, who looks very good. And they've got in Sammy Watkins, and they've still got Marquise Brown there. So I think they've Baltimore clearly setting out in free agency and in drafting that they want to be able to throw the ball more, and they don't want to be so run dependent. And I don't think that includes Mark Andrews, really. I think at very best he does as well as he did last year. Uh, so, yeah, just I just think TJ's better. I, I would put him. I would probably put him at. Six. I think he's consistent enough, and he's a safe enough bet to go at six. But again, I'd have, I'd have TJ in Pittsburgh. All right. Well, I think both of you have equaled each other out, so I'm keeping him at four. Yeah, I All don't right. know. Yeah, I, don't, I, th- I think we, we can't. I mean, we haven't got. We've got to go through two lists here, mm. so we haven't got ages. I think you've gone very pro Mark Andrews, and Adam, you've gone very negative Mark Andrews. I'm keeping him at four if that's all right with you guys. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Good man. Read out the exciting ones. Read out the ones we love. Yeah, here we are. Okay, the next one, I think this next comparison, we don't need to spend much time on because we can talk about the one after, which is way more interesting. George Kittle, Mike Andrews, George Kittle. Yeah, back from injury. Yeah. Got a lot to prove. Yeah. 49ers have got sacks of shit to throw to besides him. Yeah. Absolutely. 49ers All right. Division easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. <laughs> And maybe he's, he's up on the beer, Adam. You've got to pick Lara up in a bit. Okay. <laughs> Two versus three. Darren Waller, I have put ahead of George Kittle. Now, I have done this for one reason and one reason only. I have done this because Travis Kelsey is scared, is scared of Darren Waller. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think Waller is is one of these elite options that's been growing for the last couple of years. And for me, he's quite clearly... A number two, because you've got you know, a slight risk with Kittle coming back from injury, and then he's going to do the same thing. And 49ers are, you know, the absolute opposite from consistent. Where do we think Where do we think Waller goes in the draft? I, I put him, I think, if I needed a tight end, and I was one of the earlier picks, so in the top five, I'd pick him up in the second round. Or yeah. The third round. Maybe a third round. Spoiler, spoiler. Uh, if he goes that far, I'll be picking him up 20th, so my second pick. Yeah. I I cannot get on board. Uh, fourth round. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but are you telling me you're going to pick Waller over the likes of, you know, these receivers? I mean, Travis Kelsey is the only tight end I would touch in the first three rounds. He is leaps and bounds clear. Absolute leaps and bounds clear. You could chop off one of his legs and he'd still be clear. <laughs> I just cannot get on board with this. And I see it. I see it. Some people I see it from. I've watched a number of mock drafts. I cannot get on board with picking Waller or Kittle in the first three rounds. I cannot. All right. See, you, you need two backs and a receiver here, in those, or Kelsey, in those first three rounds. Oh, here you are. Here you are. Here's why. Uh, when you're in week five and you're looking at your tight end that's getting 10 points if he's played well, and you're looking at these three, George Kittle, Darren Wall, and Travis Kelsey, who's getting 20 points, that is 10 points different, which is way more difference than you're going to get in a second round wide receiver versus a third round wide receiver. You're, when you're looking at your receivers and you've got like 
Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver one compared to someone who's got DeAndre Hopkins or Stefan Diggs, you'll be telling me different. I can't get on board with picking tight ends, bar Kelsey that high. I won't be. If Kelsey's not there, come my first and second pick, I won't be touching a tight end. I'll, I'll have Tonyan. I don't care. All right. Well, the question is Darren Waller or George Kittle. For me, it's easy. It's Waller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, marginal though. I think I think Kittle's being over because Waller's got so much hype, and because Kelsey's Kelsey, I think Kittle's being slightly overlooked, and he could be a bit of a. I don't think he'll be too much of a steal in ours draft because I think people rate Kittle, but I do think he's being underrated slightly. But I think he's still three. Adam, you're Waller, aren't you? Very much for me. He's a clear number two. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, fab. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. This isn't a question. Let's talk about Travis Kelsey. He's number one. Yeah, yeah, easily. I think you could put Travis Kelsey in the wide receiver list. Why not? Oh yeah. In a way, in terms of points. In a way, I'm drafting him like a receiver. Yeah. I've actually yeah. put him in and my wide receiver there. list. I've put him in my wide receiver list on my lists, and I think he's like seven. As, eight, as top three. Seven or eight. Oh, I think he'd be. I think he'd he be might actually that. be higher. I've put him outside of Hill Adams. Hill Adams, Hopkins, Diggs. He might be five, actually. I'll have to have a look. But yeah, Kelsey's clear as day. Like yeah. I said, you could first pick him, and I wouldn't complain, but only him. <laughs> Adam, I'll let you go off for five minutes about Travis Kelsey as a Chiefs fan. He's your, oh, I get five like, minutes. he's he's amazing. Yes. He is amazing. He, he is nearly as integral to the Chiefs as Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, wild to say because of you know Mahomes is a you know forget generational talent he's going to be one of the best players in the NFL ever um but Kelsey just Kelsey is why Mahomes is so good one of one of the brilliant reasons why Mahomes is so good because he gives him that option basically with Kelsey and Mahomes's relationship Kelsey will find a gap to be for Mahomes to get out, get out of jail free card. But if Mahomes can't find that ridiculously deep pass to Tyreek Hill, he's just got Kelsey because Kelsey will just run a little in right in route and just find a gap because he's so good at reading defenses. And we just batter everyone. My favorite uh, Kelsey thing is that last season he had bar he missed didn't he miss the um. Did he miss the final game? He missed the final game. Bar that, he got double digits in every single game. The one game he didn't get double digits in was against the Denver Broncos. For me, <laughs> I like that. But no, double digits every week. That is just mental. Yeah. Um, it's just mental. Yeah, he, I mean, he didn't miss the last game. He wasn't chosen because they played a beast. Oh, that was so, it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Apologies. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Kelsey's above, Kelsey's above Wallow. Kelsey's winning. What's our list, Sam? Run us through all our tight ends. All right. Um, so, number one, Travis Kelsey. Number two, Darren Waller. Number three, George Kittle. Number four, Mark Andrews. Number five, TJ Hawkinson. Number six, Kyle Pitts. Number seven, Dallas Goddard. Number eight, Mike Gesicki. Number nine, Noah Fant. And number 10, Robert Tonyan. To be honest, it could have been a list of eight. Those two are drabs, aren't they? But yeah, yeah, they're, they're all right. hey, we're a league of 10. So they have to be picked. Yeah, no, I think they're fine, but I don't think they're so fine that it matters. I think pick Travis Kelsey or hope for the best. Absolutely. All right. Now onto the big boy list, the quarterbacks. Here we go. 
Shall I just give you my 10 and 9 and we can argue? Mm-hmm. Living the dream. All right. Number 10, Thomas Brady. Number 9, Aaron Rodgers. Two big boys. Can I ask when you wrote this list? Just for the yeah. context of Aaron Rodgers. Good point. Uh, yeah, before the news came through with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, but for my reasoning is a little bit different. I assumed that Rogers was going to be playing in the league. So uh, the news doesn't massively affect the list. Uh, so we'll talk. Do you want me to say why I've chosen Aaron Rodgers ahead of Tom Brady? Yeah. So uh, Aaron uh, Rodgers. Fairly obvious. Yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers, MVP last year. Like, mm-hmm. unreal. Um, he's having a paddy and he doesn't move very much. That's why he's at nine and not much higher. Um, Tom Brady, I felt... I felt wrong not having him in this list, so he's at ten. It's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Brady plot. Brady's going to plod along in a fantasy context. Obviously, no debates. He's an unbelievable player, but he's one of these that just plods along a little bit and is okay and he's meh, and you just kind of get on with it. He'll get you a couple of thirty pointers and he'll look cool, but most of the time it's sort of twenty to twenty-five and it's okay and he throws the ball. It's because he doesn't run enough. And that's it, because he's just sitting yeah. there. Yeah, Tom Brady is one of these players that is brilliant, but he's brilliant because he leads a team. He's not brilliant because he gets loads of points in fantasy. He's an amazing player. No one can deny that. But fantasy-wise, he's definitely not a top five player. Top ten. Ten will do. Anyway, we're happy Aaron Rodgers, nine, ahead of Tom Brady. Ten. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy, easy. Okay, number eight. Ryan Tannehill. All right. I know what you're thinking. Aaron Rodgers, MVP last year. Why the hell is Ryan Tannehill ahead of him? Ryan Tannehill can run. I am thinking that, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill can run, and Ryan Tannehill can really throw. And he's got some absolute beasts behind him this year. He's got AJ Brown, Mm -hmm. and he's got Julio Jones to throw at. Like, you're joking, aren't you? You're actually joking. His problem is clear as day. He's got Derek Henry with frying pan hands. Yes. He's literally got Derrick Henry with frying pan hands, and that's the first port of call. We know that the Titans, Derrick Henry's going to go mad. But, you you know... Yeah. I mean, yes, he's got Julio Jones, and he's got AJ Brown, but he's also got Derrick Henry, so he's just going to give the ball to him, and he'll do all the work for him. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you're comparing, you're comparing this guy... We're doing this comparison between Tannehill, who, yes, he's very good in play action, and, yes, he gets a couple of rushing touchdowns, but you're comparing him to the reigning MVP. Yeah, um, we've just lost Alex there. Um, got him, carry on. Got him back. All right, nothing happened, yeah. Let's <laughs> just show this. Yeah, um, Derek Henry, Brian Panans, Tannehill, not as good as Rogers. Tannehill, Let's better, Rogers than, up. better than Brady, though. I do think Tannehill is above Brady, because like Sam said, he can throw, and he can throw deep as well, which helps. Yeah, well, he's got the receivers to do it as well now. So, yeah, all right, fine. Aaron Rodgers jumps above Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Happy with that. Next, the, these last four players were jiggled around a lot. Next is Dak Prescott. Um, Dak Prescott broke his leg in pretty spectacular fashion last year, and it was pretty nasty to watch. And to be honest, he wasn't lighting things up before he broke his leg. But... There's a lot of hype around him. He's back, apparently, in preseason and training camp. He's with the crowd. He's loving it. He's well in there. Um, and he's excited to be back. 
what do you guys think? This one was a shaky one. I'm up at the top of those four. I'm happy for him to drop down, but I put him up there for a reason. He can throw, he's got weapons. I like him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take this one first because I think I had him last year before he died um, and he was very good. Uh, he was very productive and he was easily up there for where I drafted him, which I think was probably around QB5 or something. Um, I would have Rogers above him um, because Rogers has shown that, you know, th- this is his year now. He's like, I'm only staying here because I believe I can win a championship and I think he's going to really stay true to his word and go out there and that I think if the organization trusts him a bit more and just say you know what we've got one more year here we might as well win a championship and they let him throw the ball a lot then I think it'll be very fancy productive so I think he is slightly higher than him but yeah I mean Dak Dak if he's back to what he was then great he's a very solid probably top five quarterback but there's that risk I'd just move Rodgers above him but I still think Dak's good no I don't know I, I don't agree with Sam at all I don't get how he wasn't lighting the league up fantasy wise prior before his injury his points were before the injury game 17 39 and a bit 27 and a bit 37 and a bit I oh, think okay i think he's ridiculously good and i think he's absolutely clear as day past above the Tannehill and brady rogers is a tricky one but i think he is in a fantasy context a much safer pick he can run with the ball he's got two good receivers to catch the ball I think he's fantastic and I would have him stay above Rogers, but I do see the logic. I think the Rogers thing is really tough and he's one of those players that you just rather someone else picked because what happens if he decides to have a paddy five games in and say, Oh, I'm not playing. I'm going to go host price is right or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think Dak is another one. I have said it a few times now, a big steal. I think he could be a big steal in this because people are going to be scared of that leg break, but I think he's insanely good. And um, I'd have him a little higher, maybe. All right. Well, okay. This is going to be a first for this podcast. I'm going to listen to Adam, even though we would outvote him. And I'm going to bump Aaron Rodgers up because of of what has happened this last week. Because he's staying there, he's saying, no, I can do it. We can win one. He's a reigning MVP. He's got ability beyond his years. I'm bumping him up. He's going ahead of Dak. Dak's falling to eight. Aaron Rodgers is coming from nine to seven, unless we have any massive uh, things against that. Yeah, I can accept that. I can accept that. And Adam, you're happy, yeah? I'm always happy when you agree with me, Sam. Number six. Justin Herbert. I think he has unreal ability. Justin Herbert can seriously play. Like, like, isn't he rookie of the year? And he only played after the fourth week. And he got, like, more points than... Like, he finished sixth in the quarterback table. And he missed four games. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Like could could be a top two or three what QB next like after this year depending on what happens. He played the second game. A lot of people. Oh, did he? See, yeah, I saw someone on Twitter put something like, "Oh, Herbert did it in this many games," and I was like, "Did he? No, yeah, he played played week two against the Chiefs was his first game." But no, I agree with you completely. He's insanely good, but I think in a fantasy context, he's limited, just because he's not got that. Sort of, I don't know if he's got that thing that you kind of need to be like your Murrays, your Wilsons, your Mahomes, your Jacksons. I don't know if he's got that 
I'm not saying he couldn't, in an NFL context, he could push for MVP if the Chargers have a good year. He could do. But last season, he didn't score more than 30 points once, which I sort of see as like, you know, most really good QBs do it. Russ did it on three occasions. Mahomes does it all the time. Allen did it all the time. He didn't do it once. I really do like him ability-wise, but I think he's limited in fantasy. But I think six is probably fair because I think he's safer than Rodgers and he's safer than Dak and he's going to get you 25 points a week. And QB, do you really care about anything more than that? You're probably looking at your other positions anyway. So I think, yeah, I think six is fair. Adam? Yeah, I wouldn't move anyone up any higher than him. I think there's a lot to be said for Herbert this year and you can tell a lot from someone in where they draft Herbert and where they rank him on their QBs list because he's he did very, very well last year. And obviously, completely breakout season in his rookie year, and everyone was really impressed with him. And then you sort of think, yeah, and you know, you imagine, try and picture these things when you think of fantasy. Like, can you picture him getting 30 point winks? And for me, you can because of the weapons they've got there. Um, you know, he's got a very good receiving back, he's got very decent receivers. Um, so I think he's actually a very solid pick. When you're talking about second year players, you're often thinking, you know, it's almost always a bit of a risk. But I think with with Herbert, it's not. And I would I would be pretty confident, pretty confident in Herbert. And I think he's fine there. I don't think anyone moved above him. No, yeah, I agree. He's at six. Um, I maybe view him a bit higher than Alex, but yeah, cool. At six, number five, I think there's another leap here. Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, as a Seahawks fan, I actually start supporting the Seahawks because of Russell Wilson. Just really exciting to watch is one thing, but as a fantasy player, he he pulls it out the bag. He just pulls it out the bag, both in fantasy and in the game, 95% of the time. Obviously, he didn't in the playoffs, and he fell up, fell off towards the end of last season. But he is incredible. He's got the ability. He's amazing. I think he stays at five. I don't see Justin Herbert jumping above him. I think this is an awkward one. Do we, I don't know. You'll have to, Sam will have to correct me on this. Do we play minus one points for a sack on the QB? Yes, we do. Yeah. Some leagues can play minus two, depending on which facility you use to run your fantasy games. And I think that obviously changes things massively. Um, I didn't, it was somewhat, I can't remember where I saw it. It might've been when I was looking at one of these QB lists and we'll put it in like the notes. But yeah, that is something to consider because obviously Russ will be sacked a lot. But last season, he scored 15 or more points pretty much every week. He was really solid. I think the big negative of him is the, is the division he's in. I know Adam jokes that it's not a great division, but it is an amazing division. And he's against two of the best defenses in the entirety of the NFL, the Rams and the 49ers. And I think that holds him back. You put him in a division with like, you know, Washington and in that division. He's insane, isn't he? Because no one's going to get anywhere near him and he's just going to throw the ball and he'll be fine. But I think he's limited in that case. But I, I agree with you. I think there's a jump here because he can run and he's a good runner when he's on form. And he's, I think he's got a ceiling much, much higher than Herbert. Apologies. You do not lose a point when you get sacked in our league. Oh, don't um, you? Well, if you do, if you're in a league that does that, then Russ maybe falls down a bit because he is going to get sacked a lot. Same with um, Matt Ryan as well. He's another one who may be in a top, some people's top 10 lists that's going to get sacked a load. It's worth mentioning is a that it's worth, right, it's worth mentioning that Russell Wilson's O-line has improved this offseason. Um, has it? 
Yes, it has. I will find out who... Sam's Sam. joined it. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, there. So it's, it's it's something the Seahawks O-line, which probably would be an improvement, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think it's it's awkward because of division and everything. And I can kind of see Adam where Adam's going to probably come from in a second. But I think Russ is... I think he's getting a lot of flack. And I don't know if he completely deserves it all. Because he, he is obviously he's obviously insane, and I think in a fantasy context, he's going to run the ball, he's going to throw the ball, and he's on a really good team. And I think he's good, but maybe. Well, let's hear what you have to. Why do you think Herbert then, Adam? I think we need to stop talking about the Seahawks at every opportunity possible because they're a really <laughs> bad team. And you know, if you make the playoffs every year, it doesn't mean you're really, really good automatically. It's, it's a bit of a shocking team with some really good players in it. Russell Wilson, of course, is in the top ten list for QBs, but you know, he's on the downslope quite severely, and Herbert is on the upslope quite severely. That's why I put him over. Nah, bullshit. Russell Wilson's ahead of Herbert. Alex agreed. I agreed. Get get in the bin, Adam. Maybe All right, next, next next player, Josh Allen. Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen. Um, this was a really close one, and I'm joking. Josh Allen is being Russell Wilson, and it's sad, but he is. But hang on. So where have you put Josh Allen? Four. Four. We will talk about this. Who the fuck's up? Two and three. Well, all right. So, Josh Allen's above Russell Wilson, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Alex? Yeah, absolutely. All right, fab. Josh Allen or Kyler Murray? And I'll tell you why Kyler Murray's ahead. Because they signed, oh my God, who's the massive guy that plays in the Jersey 99? JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Because they signed JJ Watt. I'm going to make a montage on this. uh, How many times you forget ridiculously massive NFL players' names? (laughs) Oh, it's TJ. Same person. It's, it's not, it's JJ. Oh, I get mixed up. Yeah, uh, it's JJ. TJ Watt plays for the Steelers. Um, oh, yeah. Same person anyway. Both very good at what they do. Um, basically, Kyler Murray's just going to get the ball loads more, loads more than Josh Allen. And Kyler Murray's insane. And Kyler Murray's got um, DeAndre Hopkins. I almost forgot DeAndre Hopkins' name, man. Um, so for me, Kyler Murray just it just about picks it. I thought about these guys a lot, and then I remember JJ Watt signed, and I put Kyler Murray ahead. Yeah, Josh Allen filling QB one last year. Just thought that I mentioned that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm obviously a Cards fan, and I love Kyler. But my problem is Josh Allen is going to throw the ball, and someone's going to catch the ball a lot. Kyler's going to throw the ball, run around a bit. And sometimes it's going to go amazingly and everyone's going to be like, wow, isn't this the greatest QB we've ever seen? And then sometimes it's going to go very, very wrong and it's going to look and it's going to be bad. But but I don't mind it. He did finish QB3, Kyler Murray, above Mahomes, by the way, Adam. Uh, So, yeah, no, I don't mind it. But I'd maybe have Allen above him marginally just because he's slightly safer. All right, Adam, what do you think? Uh, I think Allen is far and away better. He finished QB1. And yeah, all right. Kyler Murray is okay. Let's not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna actually. You know, unlike me, not to absolutely slag someone off, but I'm not gonna slag off Kyler Murray because he's, you know, quite plainly very high. Although he's not the most talented player in the NFL, he, you know, he runs a lot and he's quite plainly good for fantasy. So that's, you know, fine. He's good. But Allen is the perfect fantasy quarterback. Did you not see them in the playoffs? They they didn't run the ball. They just didn't run the ball. They just threw it. 
He's getting points every snap. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but um, have you also noticed that the playoffs don't get you any points because they're at the end of the season and the game is massively different? It massively changes in the playoffs. Every year, the game is completely different. Of course. But you can't see them. They're not a run team. They're definitely a pass-first team. And he had a big breakout season last year. He could have an MVP this year. This year. I think, I think for me, he's QB2, quite obviously. I think the cards cards are in the same situation though. They're obviously a massive pass heavy team. They've signed Connor, who's basically the epitome of a first and second down back who's gonna do nothing interesting. And they've got they've got hot it, obviously I think they're quite comparable. I can see why Sam's put them next to each other because they're they've both got an elite wide receiver to throw to and then arguably well, Cole Beasley's fine, and then on the card side, Christian Kirk had some quite good red zone yeah, moments. You're talking about two people that haven't even come into the conversation for, like, uh, not even near. Chase, Ed- Chase Edmonds is a decent pass catcher out the back. I think we're um, pulling strings, aren't we? Really? But yeah, I think that there's not much in it, and I don't mind them being the way around you put them, but I'd possibly have Allen above, but only marginally. All right, not massively bothered. We haven't got loads of time. I'm going to pop Allen above Murray. Next, Lamar Jackson, purely because he, like, I do not think Lamar Jackson is the second best quarterback on this list. Not even nearly. I don't even think he is in the top six or seven. But he runs like a running back. He's getting points like a running back on top of what he throws. Like, for a fantasy prospect, for me to feel, sit back, watch a game and think, I'm getting 20 points here. I'm watching Lamar Jackson. Like, so happy. Obviously, I'm picking Russell Wilson ahead of him. But Lamar Jackson, for me, is number two just because he's so reliable. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he's number one, but we'll get on to that in a second. Yeah, because let's be honest, yeah, we, we've got Mahomes and Allen, yeah, they throw the ball really well, someone catches the ball, whoop-de-doo. It's great, but it's not what Lamar Jackson could do. And I think with QBs, there's so little in it when you get into this top level. I mean, there's like 20 points between QB4 and QB1 last year. It's pretty irrelevant. Whereas Lamar could quite literally go insane. He struggled at the start of last season. He sort of picked up towards the back end. I think he is amazing. And I would draft him as my QB1 just because of the potential that he could just get the ball and go, do you know what? I'm going to be the running back today. And he could just score touchdowns are fun he could run the ball loads he can throw the ball all right yeah i, I really like him and i think he's above alan for me this all right i i think i need to lie down um lamar jackson basically fell apart for a lot of last year yeah he was on the way i traded him i got him Dak went down and i was searching for a quarterback and i actually i eventually got him because someone else didn't want it because he wasn't like yeah. good he was picked in the first round, wasn't he? He picked it yeah. up towards the end of the season. Yeah. But he could, he genuinely could fall apart this year. Absolutely. Absolutely could fall apart. Could yeah, be the highest, could, could, could be the highest scoring quarterback of any of the seasons we've played, though. Yeah. Like, easily. Oh, I just like, he just has to run like he can run and throw a few balls and he could easily be. Like, yeah, genuinely. Course, but, but Kai, you know, if, if you want a mobile quarterback who's going to run a lot of yards, then pick Kyler Murray. No, I'm picking Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I, for, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, all right. I, I would have Allen above him, and that's fairly obvious, just because I think he's such a massive risk. And Allen, for me, Alan, if you picked Allen QB1 in the first round, I'd generally have Allen. All right, yeah. well, you, you have you have Allen, Adam. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> um, think it won't, but... Uh, all right. 
next, um, well, we're keeping him there, aren't we? I mean, Alex and I agree. Adam yeah. is having a hissy fit, but he's staying um, there. I'm going to go and lie to him. Number one, I've got Patrick Mahomes purely because he can throw the ball whether or not he is facing up. He could be completely really? upside down. He yeah. can still throw the ball. Mahomes, Mahomes, like me, having a lie down can also just throw touchdowns. So. <laughs> yeah. But he finished, I just can't get over the fact he finished QB4 last year. He only finished 30 points ahead of Tannehill, which is a, which is a smaller gap than was between Adams and Hill and between Diggs and Hopkins. I just don't, like, if we're writing a list on ability, Mahomes is, yeah, he's number one. If we're writing it on fantasy, I don't think he is because I don't think he is, because the Chiefs are so good, and this sounds so stupid, because the Chiefs are so good, he doesn't have to do the crazy things that Lamar has to do. He can just throw the ball. He could just throw the ball to Hill or Kelsey, and they're going to catch it's, it. It's a bit not like... He's not, he doesn't need to throw... Yes, Hill can catch it deep, but he doesn't need to do that often enough it, for it to make him elite. Whereas Jackson, if, if the Ravens are going to succeed next year, Lamar has got to just go, right, I'm going to be bloody a running back today and I'm going to run the ball loads. And I think that's what puts Lamar above Mahomes for me because Mahomes doesn't have the need to be insane. It's a bit like it's a bit like um, Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter. If you take off, yeah, Russell Wilson could be on eight points and he'll still get twenty plus if he's if the if the team's losing in the fourth quarter. Like he'll just turn up. Like Russell Wilson is relied upon. Mahomes is not. Lamar Jackson is relied upon. Mahomes is not. Is that what you're getting at? Like they have to get the points. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. And I think that Mahomes is limited. He could finish. He's, he's obviously insane. He's top three, top four, but he could finish fourth or fifth, only like 20 points behind Allen or 20 points behind Rogers or whoever. And that's fine. But if you're looking at your QB and you're looking to draft someone genuinely, possibly in the first two or three rounds, Mahomes, I think you're kind of reaching a little bit because there's a lot of players in other positions that have the potential to do more. And I think Jackson goes in that category for me. But maybe that's a rogue opinion. I think I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Sam because it's obvious I'm going to put Holmes above uh, Jackson. Um, yeah, I am very surprised that he's he was the QB4 last year. That has shocked me. I think, you know, he's... When you see that you see... I think you think of a Holmes and you see these ridiculously massive plays to Hill. Um, but we do tend to run a lot in the red zone. And, you know, we do get rushing touchdowns. I think Mahomes is definitely one of the top two. And, you know, if you want to reach for him in the second round or something, then that's a fairly good option for fantasy. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not not a lot to say for Mahomes in, in that he's obviously the best player in the NFL and a ridiculously good quarterback. But fantasy-wise, fantasy-wise, he is reliable. Yeah, I think one thing to say about Mahomes being QB4 is he finished like 20-something points behind Allen and he didn't play the last game. Yeah, obviously didn't play last so, game. So there's kind of like if he'd have got a 20-pointer and he finished number one by like three points. To be honest, that there was like top six QBs. There's only like 40 points between them. And that's one game for a QB if they play well. So there's not a lot in it. And that's why I don't think it really matters. And that's why I don't like drafting QBs in like the first three or four rounds. Cause yeah, I think I think definitely there's something to say for this tactic in, in picking quarterbacks that don't reach for one because they are you know pretty deep up until about eight. As long as you're not as long as you're not getting to around you know eight nine ten area in quarterbacks, then you know you're probably okay. I, I think it's very clear to me that Allen and Mahomes are the top two. I mean, you guys are obviously very keen on your rushing quarterbacks, which is fine. But I think you know you you pick you pick a reliable thrower who is going to throw the ball 
and get points every week. And it's that that's their scheme. That's their, you know, that, you know, talk about the Chiefs and the Bills. That's their offense is you've got a very talented thrower. You throw the ball, which means for fantasy, they are reliably getting high QB points. So for me, they've got to be number one, number two. But having said that, I wouldn't pick either of them because I think you can go deep and you can get Deshaun Watson if he plays or Dak or, you know, Rogers or something. And I think yeah, you're a big fan of dropping deep for, for QBs, QBs on the other Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, I would, you know, when you compare, when you compare this points difference between the quarterbacks, it's not much. And you can, you know, in the, you're talking about reaching for the second, in the second round for one of these quarterbacks. Um, yeah, so I'd have Mahomes at one. What's our QB list, Sam? Let's go. All right. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill. No, Dak Prescott even. Then Ryan Tannehill, then Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the most mare list, the QBs, because of how it's just there. So, yeah, I think it's fair enough. But to be honest, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. The big ones are the wide receivers and the running backs. Running backs and the tight them. ends, I think. I think the tight ends are interesting because of that top three and four. Yeah, the top two or three. We Yeah, we talked well, about a lot and they deserve the chat. Yeah, um, Adam, do you want to introduce what our next episode is and maybe give our listeners a bit of an opportunity to get involved? Uh, certainly. I mean, next week we've got a very exciting pod coming up. We're going to do a mock draft, which I think is the culmination of all of these pods that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks and ranking all these players and talking about draft position. So it's really going to come online in one podcast. And actually, you know, seeing seeing how minimal listeners we have, thanks for that, listeners, um, we're very keen for you guys to get involved. We're going to be doing a mock draft at some point next week. So if you are interested... Uh, that is, uh, that's, that's week commencing 16th of August. Week likely commencing 16th. But anyway, we, we can give you dates at a later time. If you want to get involved, you can get involved, get on our draft board. Um, we'll give you a cheeky mention in the pod as well. Um, just drop us a message either on um, on the UK Fantasy NFL Show Twitter um, or if you can get hold of one of us directly, that's fine as well. Uh, and we'll get you involved in the next pod. And I think we might have a cheeky, cheeky little guest on the show as well. We we should do another member of our, our league. I think we'll probably do the, the, the mock draft live, will we not? Um, so we'll do yeah. we'll record the pod whilst we're doing it. So you'll get um, and uh, yeah, just like it'll take an hour. We'll have some beers. It'll be a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, get involved. Um, so yeah, yeah. As I say every week, during the pod, pass the pod, uh, nick a bit of a Peter Crouch podcast merch there. Pass the pod um, and move it across the UK because you know we think we're doing good stuff and we're going to give you lots of tips and advice throughout the whole season as well. And, and, and obviously the mock draft next week is going to be it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. So um, also big up Becca for passing the pod at work. She started recently and she gave it to her boss. So fair play. Big up, big up, big up. Big, big up Simon. Um, anyway, so yeah, look, what what's the Twitter handle, Adam? The Twitter handle, I have no idea, but it's the UK Fantasy NFL show on Twitter. You'll find us. Just search us. You'll be fine. And then Sam Best, Adam Best, and Alex Deacon. Just give, honestly, give us a buzz and we'll get you on. Cool. All right, boys. Love it. Well, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a good one, lads. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.